everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Docs Sportscast again today. So we are, uh, you know, coming to you on a Tuesday today. Uh, we're doing today, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday uh, so we can get all these uh, previews wrapped up uh, prior to the Hall of Fame game starting up on Thursday. And then uh, Friday we'll uh, kind of give a recap on that and uh, a little bit of a preview going into uh, the following week for NFL preseason week one. Now, with today, we are going to jump into the NFC East. This is one of our favorite divisions to cover. Obviously, it was a huge, uh, hugely competitive division amongst themselves, not necessarily amongst the entire league last year, uh, but uh, definitely a competitive league, entertaining league, just to kind of see how things were going last year. Who was going to make it to the playoffs is basically, you know, hey, who's the best of the worst last year? And we expect this to really flip-flop this year. I think a lot of these teams have made some strides and we will see what happens moving into the postseason or moving into the season this year. Now, we will start off the NFC East. Let's go through the teams first, the Philadelphia Eagles, the New York Giants, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Washington football team. Not the Washington Redskins, Washington football team. And uh, we will be talking about them in that order there. So, to kick this off, we will start with the Philadelphia Eagles. So, for many of you, um, you know, I... Uh, actually started in Philadelphia in sports. I uh, worked for the Philadelphia Soul Arena football team, who is now, uh, that league's now disbanded. Um, and then uh, it was a great experience in Philadelphia. Uh, loved being there and uh, grew, grew a passion for the city. So definitely appreciate the team. Definitely like that team, have a soft spot for them. Um, and, you know, my, actually my father's uh, business partner is a huge Eagles fan so uh, this will be interesting kind of break this one down, talk about this team a bit. But personally, looking at the Eagles, from my standpoint, this is just personally how I feel, they're in a really horrible position right now, guys. They're in a really, really horrible position right now. And the reason that I say that, there's plenty of reasons for me to say that, uh, but jumping into it here, everyone in the NFL is looking for the next Patrick Mahomes. Everybody's looking for the next, you know, the the next quarterback that's going to be the Tom Brady, you know, and, and just take you to the promised land and have you be a top team every single year, right? <clears throat> Philadelphia Eagles thought they had that guy in Carson Wentz. They thought they had him. And then all of a sudden, Jalen Hurts comes in last year, plays, you know, four games, I think is what it was. Uh, well, starts, starts four games or whatever uh, as the featured quarterback for like four or five games maybe. And uh, plays really well. So all of a sudden they say, hey, Coach Peterson and uh, Carson Wentz, the quarterback and the coach that started it and, and fulfilled most of the season for us, the season that we won the Super Bowl, first ever, bye-bye, uh, we're done with you. We're done. We're moving forward with Jalen Hurts. Philadelphia, out of any city, is definitely one of the worst when it comes to what have you done for me lately? What have you done for me lately? Have you performed? Is there something you're doing for me right now? If not, get the heck out of here. I'm done with you. Right? These fans do not care about heritage. They do not care about tradition. They do not care about what you've done for us in the past. It is all about now and what you've done for me lately. This current season, this current game, this current second. Right? And if you're not doing it, you're out. Now, Philadelphia Eagles. The reason that I say this, I preface that, is because... Hurts may not be it. He may not be 
the guy. He may not be the person that we should put our franchise in the hands of. He played four to five games last year. That's it. That's all he put out there. And you think that similar to Patrick Mahomes when he started and Alex Smith took a bench seat after they played really well that season, uh, Patrick Mahomes went off the next season and became the franchise. Okay, You think that just because Jalen Hurts looked similar to that at the end of last season that you got a gym there and he's going to be the next Patrick Mahomes. You're rolling the dice big time. And if you fail, you go right back to where you was. You're right back to the situation where you are not going to be relevant. You're not going to win titles. You're not going to be a shot to win a title. I mean, that's where the Eagles were for a while there, and they're going to get back to there. Yeah, you know, I just finished watching the movie Invincible. Okay, love Invincible. Actually met Vince Papali in my life. He's a great guy. Absolutely great guy to meet. And I watched that movie, and the Eagles could get back to there where they're just struggling so much every year, and, they're, and then they're bums on the field. Um, because you're rolling the dice so much with this franchise, with this organization, with this city. I mean, guys, it was huge for this city. And if Jalen Hurts isn't the guy, you have screwed your team. You're absolutely screwed now because your best second option was Carson Wentz, even if you wanted to move with Jalen Hurts, move forward with Jalen Hurts. And now... You have destroyed that, okay? Defense is still okay, but they're lacking some toughness that they had years ago. They've lost some guys. They're definitely not where they were before. And there's some questions at wide receiver. For sure, there are questions at wide receiver, okay? They had aging wide receivers anyway. Here's the thing that happened last year, guys. Let me break this down for you. Carson Wentz came in. He played 12 games last season, okay? He did not play the final, I think it was four games of the season, okay? Because they let Jalen Hurts get out there. Let me tell you what also was happening during this timeline, guys. Zach Ertz was hurt. Dallas Goddard was hurt. Alshon Jeffrey wasn't playing because he was hurt. Deshaun Jackson, I believe, was also hurt. Okay? That's their top four guys going into the season to be their top four pass catchers. They were out. Your top four guys that you expected going into the season were out. Okay? Jalen Rager did not step up and play all that well. He had 31 receptions. Greg Ward played good. Travis Fulgham was your best receiver, okay? Travis Fulgham, guys. This is not, that was not the product of Carson Wentz not playing well. That was the product of all his targets not being there, and he's working with rookies and guys who have not proven to be qualified wide receivers in the NFL. That's what it boils down to. So then, when Dallas Goddard is ready to come back and play, when he gets healthy and you get some of these other guys healthy and out there playing again, what happened? They benched Carson Wentz. Soon as your talent's back on the field, you bench your quarterback, and then you put Jalen Hurts in. I'm not taking anything away from Jalen Hurts in this point of this conversation right now. All I'm highlighting is you set Carson Wentz up to fail you set him up to fail because while he was out there he was working with bums okay and I say bums not from a standpoint that these guys shouldn't belong on an NFL field like these guys are great trust me I couldn't go out there and do what these guys are doing like it's amazing the work they put in the skills they have the athleticism the talent every one of them that are out there they're out there for a reason okay 
But those guys that were out there were not qualified starters. They did not have chemistry with Carson Wentz. They were not out there to be those guys in that offense. It was it was everything was makeshift and, and figure it out as you go. Carson Wentz struggled, and that is the reason why. You look at the completion percentage, it was 57%. Obviously, it's going to go down. He doesn't have anyone that he's been working with, anyone he's been throwing to throughout the season. You know, he had 15 interceptions, 16 touchdowns. Yeah, he was struggling because he was trying to get the team to get some wins, some games, and he had to push that ball down the field, okay? 16 to 15 is not a good ratio. But here's the thing. Jalen Hurts threw six and four. He had two less t interceptions than he did touchdowns. That's not a good ratio either, guys. Look at the completion percentage when Jalen Hurts came in. He was worse. 52% completion percentage, okay? 77 completions on 148 attempts. That's worse than what Carson Wentz was doing by over five percentage points. I, I just don't get it. I don't understand. I, I really don't. And if you guys want to try and help me understand, I mean, fine. Make the comments, you know, reach out to us, email me. Let me know what I'm missing here because I'm telling you right now, I just don't understand why you would do Carson Wentz the way you did. Because you set him up to fail that season to move forward for Jalen Hurts. Is it because Jalen Hurts is flashier? He's going to get more people in seats? Probably. That's probably what it is. So anyway, wrap this up on the quarterback situation. I think they're in a horrible situation. They've set themselves up to roll the dice dramatically and restructure their entire offense from what was a Super Bowl winning team you know, just two or three years ago. Now, moving on to the running back position, Miles Sanders did not reach 1,000 yards. He only played 12 games, okay? So that was another thing. Another guy that was out a little bit during the season was Miles Sanders, okay? Boston Scott came out there, did a little bit. Jalen Hurts rushed the ball. Carson Wentz rushed the ball. Corey Clement rushed the ball. I mean, you know, it was it was a almost a running back by committee because Miles Sanders got hurt there at, at, at times. But he averaged 5.3 yards per carry. He did his thing. He played well. Four fumbles. Six touchdowns. I mean, I'd like to get those fumbles down a little bit. It was okay. Jalen Hurts, from a rushing standpoint, had six fumbles, guys. Six. You got your quarterback out there, and he's not really playing all that much except for four games, and he, he fumbles the ball six times throughout the season. Come on. There's some issues there. I'd be worried if I was you. Receiving. Travis Fulgham, as I said, led the team. They didn't have any receiver, have over 600 yards for the season. Carson Wentz was having to find anyone and everyone who got open. Guys could not make separation. Guys could not get themselves open. The best talent they had on the team was Alshon Jeffrey, who was aging, and Deshaun Jackson, who's aging. Like, that was the best talent. And then you got these young guys coming in. They don't know how to adjust to the NFL game. And they're not going to be able to create a separation. They're not going to run the routes as crisp and sharp. So, yeah, of course, they didn't play all that well from a receiving standpoint. Like, I don't understand why everybody was so down on this. Then you change the entire face of the franchise. And everybody thinks going into the season, oh, we're back to where we're supposed to be because of Jalen Hurts. Guys, this defense struggled. This defense struggled last year. And that's not the only thing that struggled. The offensive line was struggling. Wide receivers were struggling. I don't see how you fix that. Tell me how you fix those things in this offseason because I didn't see it happen. So anyway, this is a team that literally, if Jalen Hurts doesn't come out there and play like Patrick Mahomes, they might end up as the worst team in this division. Y'all need to face that as Eagles fans. You need to understand that's a possibility. It's a real possibility.
Okay, moving on. I know we took up a ton of time with the Eagles. Moving on to the Giants. New York Giants, okay? They got more weapons for Jones. Man, Jones has not performed. He, he Well, he, he did not perform last year. Definitely had a goose egg of a season. And we want to see that change. We want to see him do well. We want to see people do well generally out there. Uh, you know, we really do. And we think he's done a lot of things the right way. We think he's a good young man and want to see him do well for the New York Giants. But, man, if he does not step up this year, there is no excuse. They brought in Kenny Galladay. They, they still got some great wide receivers in Slayton. They got uh, Shepard and uh, Kadarius Toney, who they drafted. I mean, they, they got a great wide receiving core. You know, they still got great tight end there in Ingram. So, tons of weapons. Saquon Barkley is coming back. Everything is on Daniel Jones. The team will go as he goes, and that is it. Now, Saquon's coming in a little bit, little bit limpy. Not He's not actually limping, but he's, he's kind of crawling into – you know, training camp this year, and that's fine. You know, take it easy, get your guy back, get him back in shape, and let him do his thing. So I get that, but uh, definitely got to be careful with that because who knows? Maybe he goes out, gets back too early, hurts something again. He's out for the season, so be careful with that. But this Giants team definitely think they're going to be improving with Barkley and all these weapons back, but they're not focusing on the defense, I think, as much as they should. They need to bolster that defense a little bit more, and I think they'll be real big competitors. Okay. So let's see. We'll see what happens. Moving on. I know we didn't spend too much time on the Giants, but uh, I don't think there's all that much to talk about. Literally, we touched on the things to talk about there, and that's it. You know, Daniel Jones, that's what it is. Are you going to step up? Or are you going to play well? They brought all the weapons in for you. You got your running back back. Do your thing. Now, Dallas Cowboys, right? The Dallas Cowboys. Now, one, I do not like the Dallas Cowboys. I've never been a Dallas Cowboys fan. Stephen A. Smith makes me want to be a Dallas Cowboys fan uh, because I can't stand the way that he just bashes them and treats them. Like, there's one thing to be biased for your team, but to be biased against another team just as ludicrously, I don't think that's a word, but I just made it one, the way that he is, it's absurd. It's absurd. There's no reason you should follow a team that you don't like so much just so you can bash them. That's ridiculous. Like if I don't like the if I don't like the New England Patriots, I'm not going to watch every single one of their games so intently just to scrutinize them. That's that's ridiculous. That's obsessive. That's, that's really really weird. That's what he does. But anyway, Dallas Cowboys. Dak is back, guys. Dak Dak is back. Now, obviously he's got some short shoulder soreness right now. I I think it's obvious, you know, they rushed him back a little bit, wanted to get him going, wanted to get the hype, and and yeah, probably should have taken it easy. They probably should have taken it a little bit more easy with him, not put him back in as quickly as they could in training camp, ease him into training camp, and they didn't do that. Now he's got a sore shoulder. I think he'll be fine. He'll rest that shoulder, uh, you know, not really throw. He'll probably do a few things in practice, throw the ball in practice, work that shoulder back up and things. I think he will be fine. I don't think this is something to really thread about all too much. Um, and I always kind of err on the side of, you know, being, uh, you know, not too down on injuries and things like that, uh, especially when it comes to like just soreness. Right. So we'll see what Dak does. I think he's going to come back play really, really well this year. Ezekiel Elliott will be interesting to see if he can return to glory. Right. He's uh, he, yeah, every year. It's like, oh, he's either put on weight or he's either slimmed up this year. Oh, it's one of those slimmed up years. The best shape of his life. Whatever. Like, guys, I don't buy into that crap. I really don't listen to it. I don't care. Um, I'm not going to give a crap until I see him in the preseason. I got to see how he performs in the preseason. Can he play faster? Can he play quicker? Can he make better cuts? 
And if he can do that, sure, I'll be higher on him. But that is not going to happen until I see him in the preseason. So everybody needs to calm down about this. You know, same thing with Ben Rossberger and all that stuff that's going on. Calm down. We'll see what happens in the preseason, and you'll be able to really evaluate it there. Okay? So, ultimately, Dak and Elliott, Dak uh, Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott have to show out. They've got wide receiving talent. You know, they got Amari Cooper. They got C.D. Lamb. They got Michael Gallup. They got a couple good wide receivers, or uh, a couple good tight ends. These guys are loaded on an offensive standpoint, as they normally are. There is no reason that this team cannot perform well from an offensive standpoint. Now, defensively, that is the huge question here. The Dallas Cowboys have an atrocious defense. It is awful. It has been gutted, and it has lost everything because they focused all their money on the offense. Here's the thing. You want to come out, you want to pay Ezekiel Elliott. Cool. You want to come out, you want to pay Amari Cooper. Cool. Then you want to pay Dak Prescott. Cool. I like it. Fine. Pay their guy. Pay your guy. Get him their money. Pay them what they're worth, okay? But when you totally, completely don't look at the defense, what do you expect to happen? Of course your defense is going to get gouged. Your defense is going to be atrocious. It's going to be awful. And that's what happened last year because you haven't invested anything in them. It ain't going to get no better. You don't have the cap to fix this crap now. Like, you got to be able to invest on defense just as much as the offense. And Jerry Jones typically is not as bad about that, but... This year, like these last few years, a little bit worse about paying up on offense and sacrificing his defense, and that's going to end up killing you because this division has one good defense, one amazing defense right now, and we'll talk about them right here. The Washington football team. So good they don't even have a name, right? Not a real name. Because the football team is not a real name. I don't care what anybody says. That's not a real name. That's stupid. Um, they got a loner QB uh, after finally moving on from Haskins. Okay. And Fitzpatrick. Now, I like Fitzpatrick. I, I like Fitzy. I think that he can do a lot of great things. I think that when you look at him and you look at where he's played, he has not been in some good systems. He has not played on teams that should be, uh, you know, Super Bowl teams or anything like that. But if you look at what he did with the Miami Dolphins last year, he had them heading towards the playoffs. He had it looking like they were going to be in the playoffs last year. And then they took him out, they benched him, and they put Tua Tungavailoa in. Then they lost a couple games in a row, tried to put Fitz back in, and didn't make the playoffs. Well, why didn't you make the playoffs? Because you put Tua in. Fitz had you on the road to going to the playoffs. And you took him out. That's your that's your fault. That is absolutely your fault. So, whatever. Yeah, I, I get it. I get the hate. But even that team was not a good enough team to go to the playoffs. They definitely had things that were not playoff-ready team. But Fitzpatrick played well enough to get them there. So, I don't think there's a huge issue with this. I, I, I think there's a lot of reasons to say that he is definitely a guy who can qualify as a good starting quarterback in the NFL. And I think he will. I think that we will see that because this is a team definitely that has the potential to do great things because they have a great defense behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. They have a great defense behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. 
And that's what's going to end up making this team really, really, really good. Scary good. Okay. I've got a lot of upside for this team. I'm super excited to see how they go. Solid wide receiver in Terry McLaurin. Yes, it's a bit questionable after that. Uh, Samuel, to me, isn't ideal. Uh, Curtis Samuel is a great NFL player. I don't think he is just a great standalone wide receiver. And I think they should have focused on bringing in someone who could have been a better number two, solely focused wide receiver with Terry McLaurin. But Terry is scary. Okay, scary Terry. That's what people call him. I get it because he is. He is scary out there. He's a great player out there, hard to cover, and I think he's going to do really, really well. I love Antonio Gibson, what he was doing last year at the running back position, and the defense seemed to make their stride late in the season. Okay, They ran as Alex Smith ran. And again, it's the same stupid situation where you start benching a guy and all of a sudden you don't play that well, okay? You, you, a guy gets hurt and then you don't play that well, okay? Alex Smith should have been their starter throughout the season. Yeah, he's not going to sit there and make flashy plays, but he was playing consistent, solid football, and that's what you needed. Should have just ran it with him the whole season. You would have had a better record. Um, but if Fitzpatrick can play solid, if he can play to the level of Alex Smith, play consistent, solid football, uh, they'll be a contender. They'll definitely be a contender. Uh, they need a wide receiver to step up to help Terry McLaurin. But, uh, yeah, Logan Thomas played well at, t at the tight end position. Definitely a gem that they found there. And, uh, yeah, I think, the, I think uh, you know, things are, things are looking up. Things are looking up. Probably the best uh, well-rounded defensive team uh, in the league. Uh, at this point and so our prediction currently again this is without seeing the preseason and so this may change currently we think that the Washington football team will finish best in this division uh, you know I just think they're the best well-rounded team because you do have other teams on here who's got a better offense but they have a horrible defense speaking of that the Dallas Cowboys they're great they got a lot of offensive depth Defense is atrocious, and they're going to get gouged all season long. So I think that they're going to end up dropping some games and Washington end up overtaking them. So Washington, number one. Cowboys, number two. Giants coming in at number three. Barkley and Jones, they can they can adjust, get back to the, the mean that they should be at, uh, you know, playing together. And I think they'll end up beating it out with the Eagles. Man, it's just a tough division, I think, uh, and, and Hurts. I think the Hurts is going to, like, playing him is going to be a pain. Uh, I think there's going to be issues with it. I think there's going to be adjustments on offense, playing style, having to play a certain way. Uh, it's going to be a big adjustment. You know, when you go to something like that, it does take adjustment to be efficient with it. And I think that the Eagles are going to experience that. So, down year for them. For sure. But yeah, with that being said, we will wrap up the NFC East. Thank you guys for tuning in today. Uh, feel free to like, share, subscribe, uh, you know, follow the podcast on uh, I, Apple iTunes and, uh, you know, Podbean where we host everything. Uh, so yeah, like, share, subscribe. Like I said, uh, if you have any comments, anything like that, please feel free to email us. Our Facebook's below as well for you to reach out. So uh, yeah, with that being said, uh, we will talk to you guys tomorrow about the AFC North. Very another very exciting division to get into there. So uh yeah, thank you guys for listening. Really appreciate it. Have a great day.